All right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing quite as humbling when you, until you listen to yourself on a podcast that's going around the world. I just said it again, but it seems like it, I start them all off with okay. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, let's back up just a little bit and where we are. Uh, we've talked about the Ten Commandments in chapter 20. And it's we need to note, you know, that when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses at this point, it was verbal. He hadn't written it down yet. But that's coming. But at this time, it was verb is verbal. And we went through the Ten Commandments. We said that they were not to us. They were not written to us because they were written to the Jews of the day. But they are for us. And we went through the, the New Testament where Jesus had broadened them and, and where Paul had broadened them. And yet, uh, they're very much applicable to where we are. I told you last week that beginning with uh, uh, Exodus 20, verse 22, through chapter 24, verse 11, is what co scholars call the covenant. And we're in the middle of that right now. At the end of 2411 um, is the ceremonial uh, regulations, and it's we're going into building the tabernacle and all the things that the Lord told Moses to do to get the tabernacle built. Now, that's not <laughs> applicable to us today in a large measure. But as we have said from the beginning that God told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you go to a place that I'm going to show you and I'm going to give you some land. And it was all about that land. And yet Moses uh, took the people from captivity or bondage or well, call it what you will in Egypt and is leading them out. And for 430 years they were down there and they were told what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it, and the whole business and when to go to work and what to do. And they didn't have to do anything but do what the Egyptians told them to do. Now, they're free, and yet they don't have any direction, and the Lord is beginning to give them direction, the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath, and we're getting more into that. Last week we talked about that this was, they were going into our agriculture and environment, and the animals were very important, the, the oxes and the and the sheep and the goats and all this kind of stuff. And yet God knew the hearts of men. And that's why he said, don't murder, don't steal, don't, do not commit adultery, don't bear false witness, you know, don't covet. He, 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 knew, he knew where uh, people were going and what their heart is. And so in chapter 21, we, we talked about part of that. And it's amazing the times that... Uh, God says, kill them. <laughs> you, you doing something wrong, kill them. Boy, that's foreign from us today, you know. But yet, at this point in time in history, 
And in this particular culture, God wanted to have a, a pure, holy people. He says, I want you to be holy because I'm holy. And he's repeated that in Leviticus and other scriptures that we could say. And so he's, he, he's kind of, as Barney Fife would say, nip it in the bud. You know, he wants to kind of kind of stop the thing where it is. So last week we got down to, uh, to uh, verse 25, but it's the old thing that we've seen, uh, life for life, tooth for tooth, foot for foot, excuse me, eye for eye, uh, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. And, and this is what he said. And going back to Genesis 9, um, he, he says in Genesis 9 that, that he instituted, this is God, he instituted uh, capital punishment. He said, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. So there we are. Now in verse 26, where we're going to pick up today, he he talks about some very huh, we would say they were kind of funny today but God's not funny uh, not normally and uh, he he's uh, saying some things here and laying out some laws and some precepts that people need to 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 see so if you'll bear with my my um, bumbling tongue here we'll start off in verse 26 if a man strikes the eye of his male or female slave and destroys it he shall let him go free on account of his eye if he knocks out a tooth of his male or female slave he shall let him go free on account of his tooth if an ox gores a man or a woman to death an ox shall be surely be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten but the owner of the ox shall not shall go unpunished but if, however, the ox has previously had a habit of going and the owner has been warned, yet he does not confine it and he kills a man or woman, the ox shall be stoned and his owner shall be put to death. Verse 30. If a ransom is demanded of him, he shall give whatever redemption for his life. So in this particular case, the guy who owns the ox could redeem his life by whatever the man wants from him, uh, whatever he demands from him. Whether he goes a son or a daughter, it's be, be the same thing, verse 31. Verse 32, same thing if it's a, a slave. Verse 33, he opens up a new scenario. If a man opens a pit, digs a pit, does not cover it, and an ox or a donkey falls into it, he shall make restitution of it. Verse 35, if one man ox hurt, hurts another ox so that he dies, he shall then uh, set the live, sell the live ox, divide it equally, and they shall also divide the dead ox. Or if he's known that the ox was previously in a habit of goring, yet its owner has not confined it, he shall surely pay ox for ox. As we said last week, the farm animals were very important and they were going to take a real big significance. And God knew that some of these things would come up and so he says, this is how you're going to deal with them. 
chapter 22, we're going with the same type thing. And like we've said, chapter, I mean, verse 12 through 17 of chapter 21 was a broadening of, of you shall not murder. Well, chapter 22, verse 1 begins, don't steal. That's what God said. Just don't do it, you know. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it and sells it, he shall pay a fine ox for ox and four sheep for the sheep. Excuse me, five ox for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. Now, I thought this was interesting, two, two to four. If a thief is caught while he's breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guiltiness on his account. So if he breaks in at night, and he kills the thief, the man who kills the thief is free. But look what he says in verse 3. But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guilt, guiltiness on his account. He, sh he shall surely make restitution. If he owns nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. That's interesting. Sold for his theft. If what he stole is actually found alive or in his possession, whether an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. Then he goes on and talks about what's going to ha happen in a vineyard. And if a man lets his, uh, lets his animal loose and he grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution. Verse 6, if fire breaks out, the fellow who start started the fire is going to make restitution. Verse 7, if a man gives his neighbor some goods to keep for him and it's stolen from the man's house, if the thief is caught, he shall pay. If the thief is not caught, then the owner of the house shall appear before the judges to determine whether he laid his hands on his neighbor's property. Okay, verse 9. For every breach of trust, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. For every breach of trust, whether it's for an ox or donkey or sheep or clothing or anything lost about once you pay, this is it. The case of both parties shall come before the judge. He whom the judge condemns will pay double to his neighbor. Loss of trust. That's tough. You don't gain trust back real quick from people that you've lost trust with. Or I don't. Maybe you do. Uh, like the old adage says sometimes, you know, one time, shame on you. The second time, what does it say, get keepers? Shame on me. Trust, and it's true whether it's in a husband and wife relationship, parent-child relationship, a business relationship. Trust is a beautiful, wonderful thing, but when it's broken, when it's broken, when the trust is broken, it takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of grace. We talked about that in John, first chapter. You know, the law came by Moses, 
but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We forgive. We forgive. But as Keeper says, shame on me if I if I mess up again, you know, in some some way. Trust. It's a hard thing to overcome. Verse 10. If a man gives his neighbor an animal, excuse me, a donkey, an ox, or a sheep, any animal for him to keep and it dies, same story. If he's torn apart, bring it in as evidence, verse 13. He shall not make restitution what has been torn into pieces. If a man borrows anything from his neighbor, and it's injured or dies while the owner is not with it, he shall make full restitution. If a owner is with it, if its owner is with it, he shall not make restitution. If it is hired, it came for its hire. If he borrows anything, <laughs> uh, I remember one time in school dad had several things that he he prized and one of them was a, a 33 and a third of the complete messiah and in many a night I've heard dad play the messiah well I was in high school and we were talking about the messiah and I told the choral teacher that dad had a copy of the complete thing and she says can we borrow it so I went and asked him I says uh, dad can I take the Messiah to school and he said something that kind of floored me he said that he said Bill I'd almost rather alone my toothbrush <laughs> so it, it's those things uh, borrow you know borrow I, I loaned a neighbor, um, it was a two aluminum Stilson wrenches, a 18-inch and a 24-inch Stilson wrench. They were aluminum. And I went back to get them. And he walked outside and went around to his little, little wash house and started kicking in the grass. I said, what are you doing? He said, they're out here somewhere. <laughs> so when you borrow something, you know, Give it back. Give it back. All right. Verse 16. Sundry laws. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged and lies with her, he must pay a dowry for her to be his wife. And we talked about this a little bit last week. A family, a man was over his household. And a virgin daughter was worth something to him. When they married he got a dowry he got the price for her there in this particular case he took her by force and so God's telling them what to do when this case happens if a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged and lies with her he must pay a dowry uh, for her to be his wife if her if her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he shall pay the money equal to the dowry for virgins. So he, with or without the girl, he wants his money. 
That's what it says. Verse 18, one line, a sorceress shall not live. He who lies with an animal shall not live. He who sacrifices to any god other than the, the Lord alone shall be utterly destroyed. 21, you shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. 22, you shall not afflict any widow or orphan. If you afflict him at all, and it, if he does cry out to me, I will surely hear him, and my anger will be kindled, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. We've talked about that, and I, I told you last week, if you've had any Gothard teaching, he taught that, that God was the father of orphans and widows. And it's their right to cry out to him, and it's his responsibility. God himself, they're in a very unique situation. It's God's responsibility to take, take care of the, wife, the, the, the orphans and the widows. In this particular time, we had, we had, if you didn't have children, that was greatly looked on because children were the, was the social security of, 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 of mama at that particular time. If they didn't have a husband, it was their children. If they had no children, somebody had to take care of her. And if they were widows indeed and, and orphans indeed, God said, I'm going to take care of you. When they cry out to me and you've done something to hurt them, he says, look out. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Okay. Verse 25. If you lend money to my people, to the poor among you, you're not to act as a creditor to them, and you shall not charge him interest. I read that to Jerry Williams several times. Yeah. Did he, he, he didn't do anything about it? Hold a finger there and go, and, and go to the right and stop at Nehemiah. Uh, it's uh, after Kings and Chronicles, uh, right before you get to Job. Nehemiah 5. I thought Jerry and Rebecca, are they still traveling? Pardon? Oh, they they, they resting up for their travels. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, I know they had a big time. All right, this is, happens in Nehemiah's day and addresses what John was just saying. Now there was a great outcry, this is Nehemiah 5.1, now there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against the Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, we, our sons and our daughters are many, therefore let us get grain that we may eat and live. There are others who said, we are mortgaging our fields and our vineyards and our houses that we might get grain because of the famine. Also there are those of those who said, we have borrowed money for the tax, king's taxes on our fields and on our vineyards. Now our flesh is like the flesh of our brothers, our children like their children. Yet behold, we are forced on sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters are forced into bondage already. And we are helpless because our fields and vineyards belong to others. Then 
I was very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. Verse 7, I love. It might be different in your scripture, but what, what verse 7 says in the NESB says, I consulted with myself. I consulted with myself and contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, you are ex exacting usually each from his brother. Therefore, I held a great assembly against them. I said to them, we, according to our abilities, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. How would you even sell your brothers that that they may be sold to us. Then they were all silent and could not find a word to say. Again I said, the thing which you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of God because of the reproach of the nations or enemies? And likewise, I, my brothers, my servants, are lending them money and grain. Please let us leave off the interest. Please give back to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, their houses, and the hundredth part of the money of the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have extracted from them. Then they said, We will give it back and will require nothing from them. We do exactly as you say. So I called the priest and took an oath from them that they would do according to his promise. I also shook out from the front of my garment and said, Thus may God shake out every man from his house and from his possession who does not feel, fulfill this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen. And they praised the Lord, and the people did according to the promise. God says, You don't tax your brothers. Now, I'm not going to go with John's scenario. <laughs> but in this particular case, uh, in the very beginning, he says, don't lend with interest. He said, just don't do it. Verse 26 of chapter 22, if you ever take a neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you return it to him before the sun sets. For that's all the covering he has. Mm. I better just go on. Verse 28. You shall not curse God or the ruler of your people. You shall not delay in offering your harvest and your vintage. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. You shall do the same with the oxen and with your sheep in that it's with its mother seven days and on the eighth day you shall give it to me. You shall be holy men to me. Holy men to me. Then he talks about don't any any flesh that you find in the field. And the reason was that was God had already told them, he says, the blood. Don't, don't, you don't eat the blood. Now chapter 23 we're continuing with the same thing. In this, he's talking about bearing false witness. He says, do not bear a false report. Do not join your hand with a wicked man with malicious witness. 
Look at verse 2. We thought this was new. You shall not follow the masses in doing evil. What's the modern equivalent of that? Just because they're doing it, don't you do it? That's what Scripture says. You shall not follow the masses in doing evil. And you not shall testify in a dispute as to turn aside after the multitude in order to pervert justice. Tell the truth. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his dispute. Verse 4. This is where it gets down to where it really is. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey wandering away, you shall surely return it to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying helplessly under a load, you shall refrain from leaving it to him. You shall surely release it with him. Your enemies and one who hates you don't, don't treat their animals that way. Even though you don't like the fellow, you take care of his possession. Verse 6, you shall not pervert the justice due your needy brother in a dispute. Keep far from a false charge and do not kill the innocent or the righteous for I will not acquit the guilty. Verse 8. You shall not take a bribe, for a bribe bind, blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of the just. You shall not take a bribe. Verse 9. You shall not oppress a stranger, since you yourself know how the feelings of a stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Verse 10. You shall sow the land for six years and gather it in its yield. But on the seventh year, you shall let it rest, lie fallow, so that the needy of the people may eat. And whatever they leave, the beast of the field may eat. You do the same with your vineyards and with your olive groves. Six days you are to do your work, but on the seventh day you are to cease from labor, so that your ox and your donkey may rest. The son of your female slave, as well as your stranger, may refresh themselves. Now concerning everything which I've said to you, be on guard. Do not mention the name of other gods or let them be heard from your mouth. God keeps coming back to those same old things. The Sabbath, six days. God made the earth. He rested on the seventh, and that's been the pattern from from day one six days you shall do your work but on the seventh you shall cease from your labor well some of these are very far into where we are today 
But yet, Scripture is Scripture, and there are nuggets of truth in it. Don't take a bribe. Don't follow the masses. Don't go to a fortune teller. Be careful about the orphans and the widows. That's good. That's good stuff today. That's good stuff today. Don't steal. It's uh, it's where we are. Any questions? We're gonna stop there for the, today. Any questions? Yeah. Cry out to me, I will hear him, for I am gracious. It's true. Bill, the uh, point you made earlier about uh, trust, that's a tough one. Because that lack of trust, that second time or whatever, can get real close to unforgiveness. And uh, I don't know, just when you mentioned that, that had me thinking about that. Yeah. Forgiveness is always in order. Okay. Arnold pick up here next week and we're we're quickly gonna get into the the tabernacle and all that that is and and I don't know how we're gonna handle that. We might just read it because it's uh it's good historical data, it's good it's good for us to know. We'll have some handouts and some pictures about what they think the tabernacle look like in some dimensions um, and that kind of thing but but it's um, it's 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 different from where we are uh, Belton and I've just got through reading um, in Kings and Chronicles where Solomon built the, tem- the temple and and that which is a picture of the tabernacle and and it was a magnificent feature and then we go back to Daniel which we talked about uh, and it was all destroyed stone by stone the, all the gold was was taken into captivity okay well let's go to the Lord and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll go from this place Father thank you we thank you that a long time ago you told Moses to write it down and he did and we have it to hold in our hands we thank you that the laws that he gave them are applicable to us today. We're grateful for all that you've allowed us to have and enjoy, and we ask that you would continue to bless us. We thank you for this time. We thank you for these sweet people who love you, love this church, and love one another. So, Lord, bless us as we go from this place. Give us a good week. and. Be with us, and we'll be careful to give you the praise. Be with the whiteheads as they travel to us. And um, we, we again ask a favor for Brother Bobby as he's wrapping up his service in North Carolina. Bless us now. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.